Welcome to Criminal Perspective. I am Chris. I am Andrew. So Andrew, on this one, you and I are going to be talking about inmates who are deceased that we used to talk to. I had a few people request on Twitter that we do an episode about Richard Ramirez. I used to talk to him. Did you did you ever get to talking to him? Uh, I talked to him a few times. He called me one time, um, like two or three years before he died. And after that, I'd never spoke to him on the phone again. I always wanted to uh, visit him in San Quentin, but... I didn't even get the chance to get a visitation for him before he died. What what was he like on the phone? He was real boring and plain like he was on letters. Just asking, oh, yeah. what's your favorite color? What's your <laughs> favorite thing to do? <laughs> Just, I'm I'm scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty much. He he really had that I'm I'm a serial killer thing going on and he loved it and he really was just a really boring weird dude that's the best way to describe him but um I I posted a drawing that he sent me on Twitter and people were like well you should do an episode about him so yeah we'll talk about him a little bit but I mean there's not much to talk about I mean his crimes speak for for itself him as a person there's not much there he didn't have much of a personality No no he was a pretty boring guy and all about feet and Asian girls and yeah. Asian girls. Yeah. 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 Kids. Did he, did he ever ask you for pictures of Asian girls? No, he always asked me for pictures of other girls feet, which I never did get him. And I, I think I have a letter to asking other girls that I had bought letters from for pictures of their feet or pictures of their children and grandchildren. And he was a interesting dude. He was a weirdo. He used, he. I remember in one letter he told me to go to the beach and take pictures of the girls to send to him. Like, that's not a weird thing. I'm taking pictures of random <laughs> girls at Daytona Beach, and they're like, why are you taking photos of me? I'm like, oh, I'm going to send these to the fucking Night Stalker. <laughs> like, what the fuck? So nobody would be cool with that. But, yeah, he was he was a weird, boring guy. Um, Another one that stands out to me was Tommy Lynn Sells. I know you talked to him a little bit. Yeah, I wrote back and forth with him um, for a little bit. Um, he he was a very interesting hillbilly kind of guy. Um, I didn't really I didn't really write him that long. I, I honestly corresponded maybe a couple months with him, and he was all about money. He he wanted money every time I talked to him. And I was in job court. I was making like $30 every two weeks. And I was like, sorry, dude, I can't do that. But I've seen, I've seen the interviews he did one with Dr. Michael stone. And that's what got me hooked on that dude's case. Yeah. It's a crazy, crazy case, crazy serial killer. Who knows how many people he's killed. He says over a hundred. It's definitely a lot. There's no doubt about it, but in prison, he kind of seemed to be uh, a little bit of a serial confessor and, um, I mean, really, who knows how many people he killed? It, it's definitely more than a handful or a couple handfuls. Um, yeah, he was always really, uh, he was always real pathetic to me. He, like you said, he's always asking about money, wanted to sell me drawings or something like that. And anything he could do to get money and would lay a guilt trip on me, you know, it's terrible in here. My fiance or wife or whatever it was has cancer and nobody can afford to help me poor tommy sells and you know it's it's kind of hard to feel bad for a guy like that i mean he's on death row for killing a fucking 14 year old girl and uh yeah it's just he 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 was he sucked but he was ultimately executed by the state of texas and for people who don't know look his case up look up just go and 
research Tommy Lynn cells. It's he's definitely one of the more prolific serial killers. Like I said, it's hard to nail down how many people he's killed, but it's a lot. Who else was there, Andrew? I, I know um, Tony Montana, who we did our third classified episode with on Patreon. I think our second or third. He was a member of the Chicago Outfit, uh, right hand man to Tony Spilatro, who Joe Pesci played Tony Spilatro in the Martin Scorsese film Casino. Um, he was out in Vegas when all that shit was going on, and it was just crazy. But Tony died, I think, a couple months after we did our interview with him, which was his last public interview. Yep. yep. And crazy enough, not only Tony died shortly after, but Louis Eppolito, one of the two mafia cops. That's right. Died. I think it was like, what, like two, maybe three weeks after we released it, he died and just kind of blew my mind. It was, yeah, it was something like, it wasn't long after we released it. And then Louis died. We had no idea when we were talking to him that he was in that bad a shape. Uh, Dan Gordon, who we did a two-part episode with uh, called The Mafia Cop Conspiracy. You can go back and listen to it now. Um, he would tell us that Louis in bad shape. He's in a wheelchair and, and all this stuff, but we didn't know. But yeah, not long after we did that interview with Louis Eppolito, he died. And um, it's pretty interesting because just the other day I was watching his interview with on when he was on the Sally Jesse Raphael show from 1992. And I was like, holy fuck, we're the last people to publicly interview this guy. Yeah pretty crazy another guy that stands out to me that i know i used to talk to i'm not sure if you did was joe conjuro here in washington he was a double murderer he raped and yeah. killed two longview washington girls and he was suspected of i think a couple dozen other murders and the crazy thing about one of them is i believe one of these girls was his best friend's daughter if i'm not mistaken I, th I think maybe it was his best friend's daughter, something like that. But yeah, you are correct. And there was a relation there. Um, yeah, I did know that guy. He was a pedophile, uh, confessed to molesting hundreds of kids, murdered a few, uh, was just really bad dude. Do you know how he died? Um... I know because I know Louis Eppolito died. He was getting old and having health complications. Tony Montana was very old. The article I'm looking at right now just says he died of natural causes, but it doesn't specify. That's crazy because Joe Condro was not that no, old. I, I want to say he was like in his 50s. Hmm. Yeah, it's it, that's strange that they say he died of natural causes. A natural, uh, a natural beating. <laughs> yeah, probably probably drugs or something like that. If he was he was fairly young. I don't think it'd be natural causes if it was an OD well, or something, but it, it is, it was strange. I was, I was actually pretty shocked when he died. I know recently the grim sleeper died who I could never talk to. I know you could never get him. We've tried, we've tried to get other people in San Quentin to get him. And we just, you know, there, there's a the funny guy. story about, um, Lonnie Franklin is I was visiting Chester Turner and Lonnie Franklin during his trial tried to pin his murders on Chester Turner. And when Chester Turner found out, oh. he confronted him on the yard and I guess they had some words. And I think that's a pretty funny correlation between both of them. And if we ever get Turner to talk to us, then he will actually shed light on that. Did, did, did they not get along because of that? No, not. I mean, I asked that to Turner. He said, nah, we're cool. You know, said, what's up? What's up? Keep it pushing kind of thing. But he, he, he said he did mm -hmm. set him straight with the whole um, crimes and blaming everything. He's like, I understand, though. He was in a weak position, woo, 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 whatever. And 
I guess when you're in prison, you you got to do what you got to do. And I can't, you can't be too mad. I mean, you killed 15 women and yeah, crazy. We had an episode with Douglas Montero, who is a witness at serial killer, Bobby Joe Long's execution. And if you can go back and listen to that, that is fucking chilling. And I talked to Bobby Joe Long a little bit before he was executed and he was a total shit bag. Uh, people, people have already heard this if they've heard that episode, but did, did you ever deal with uh, Bobby Long? Not really. I mean, he, here and there I did, but he wanted, he wanted me to get him fe- female pen pals, which I did. And he never did write me back again, but yeah, he, don't, he when he wrote me, it was two, three sentences here and there. Thanks. I'm not interested or hope you're doing well, whatever. Talk to you soon. Yeah, he did not want to talk to guys. He was a total fucking prick to me. Like, not even trying to hide it or anything. Was just like, yeah, that's cool. Fuck off. (laughs) Pretty much. Like, he didn't even have to write me back. But he was such a prick that he decided to write me back just to be a prick. So, fuck him. Glad he's dead. Uh, Who else was there? There's, um... I'm trying to think because there's so many people. Ah, Roy Norris and Larry Bittaker both died recently, which is crazy. What's funny about that is Bittaker had died and I was talking to Dr. Shiloh from LA Not So Confidential uh, before we were going to record the episode with Amber Kim. And I was telling Shiloh about Norris and my dealings with Roy Norris. And I was like, yeah, he's really old. He's probably going to die soon. I seriously think like a week later he died because Shiloh was like, hey, look, we were just talking about this guy. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, too, because I was I, I was um, writing a letter to Roy as well, because after Larry died, I was like, well, shit, there goes our chance to interview him. And then I sent a letter to Roy. Then it comes but, back. But you RTS. saw you saw Larry. Yeah, yeah, I saw Larry like less than yeah, a month before be- he died. Yeah, people on Patreon know because we talked about it on there, but you were at a visit with another serial killer in a cage right next to Lawrence Bittaker, and you were talking with Bittaker a little bit and stuff throughout that time, and that was literally like a week or... How how long was that before he died? I want to say not even three weeks later, because he died before Christmas... Or- yeah, not even three weeks later, because he died before Christmas. And I and I remember you talking about how frail and shitty he looked. Yep, yep. and crazy enough... As Bittaker rolled in, or as Bittaker sat down, here comes old David Carpenter wheeling, wheeling himself around in this wheelchair, going to another visiting cage who's another condemned old-ass serial killer in San Quentin. How is that guy not dead yet? <laughs> I have no idea, but it was kind of crazy to see him He is by. older than fucking dirt. I talked to, uh, there's a couple more that I know of off the top of my head that I dealt with. Reginald Brooks, I talked to... I think it was a month before his execution. And it's crazy because at his execution, he died f- with his middle yeah, fingers Yeah, I remember up. that. Yeah, and he killed his two kids, dude, didn't he? Yeah, to get his wife back or something like that. and um, Or his ex-wife. Uh, I think she was seeking a divorce or... Yeah, so he got executed and went down. But he wrote me like a month or so before his execution. Same with um, another Ohio inmate... Um, Edward Edwards. Oh yeah, that's right. One of the guys that they claim is a Zodiac. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One one uh, one guy claims that he's the Zodiac. That he's uh, you know the the fucking gunman on the grassy knoll. <laughs> he did committed every crime that's ever that's never been solved. And but he, I got a letter from him. It was it was about a week before he died because I wrote him 
He wrote me back and before he could get my letter because it was returned to me, he had died. So I got him literally at the fucking end of his life. And it was funny because he didn't make mention of, oh, I'm about to die soon or anything. He was like, hey, can you write the warden and have me um, make requests that I be sent to this part of the prison because it's more comfortable? And I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. And, you know, I wasn't about to do anything like that. But, um, yeah, he died before he could get my second letter. Um, But, yeah, both of those guys were in death row in Ohio. Um, I'm trying to think of who else there is that we know. I mean, I'm blanking a little bit. I know there's a serial killer and I think he was in Oklahoma that I used to talk to named Carl Myers. And he's a very, very lesser known serial killer. I believe he strangled women and, uh, he used to send me handmade cards and drawings and things like that. He died probably like six or seven years ago, maybe, but there was no news or anything about it. Yeah, he was one of those obscure cases. I never knew who he was until you told me about him years ago. Yeah. And then, of course, there's Whitey Bulger, who we both talked to. Right, right. Yeah. And I I talked to the guy who actually killed him, funny enough. But yeah, I, I wrote Bulger when he was in county and when he got to prison. And he told me, don't write Catherine in. I thought I could be slick and get and a you wrote her from her. And I wrote her and then he cut me off. And I was like, well, oh, well. He was pretty laid back. I really liked talking to him, but he, uh, yeah, he would give these orders and things like this, like don't do this or do do this or don't talk about this. And, uh, you know, he's still, you could tell he was very much in, uh, you know, always been in charge and stuff, calling shots. But yeah, he was, he was always real cool to talk to. It was, it was interesting when he died because he had been in prison for, for some time, you and I talked to him when he was in county jail awaiting trial. And then he went to prison and he was in Coleman down here. And then they moved him up to another federal facility in West Virginia. And I think it was first or second day there. They fucking beat him to death. Yeah. Crazy as fuck. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's nuts. Um, I know there's more. We're blanking. Let's talk about the show prep we do. How much show prep do we do? We do a lot. We do so much. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I, I can't even say we don't do any. I'm pretty sure it's negative because I think like when we go to record, we don't actually get to recording for like another 20 minutes. So we're at that point, we're just wasting time. But <laughs> So, yeah, I don't know. Um, but I'm, I'm sure there's more people. If people want to ask us questions or talk about it or anything, they know how to get a hold of us. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You can email us at criminalperspective187 at gmail.com. Yeah, I think I I don't know. I, I know there's more. I'm I'm blanking. There's there's one there's one interesting thing. We interviewed Doug Montero as you said earlier about the execution of Bobby Joe Long. He interviewed Kendall Francois, a New York serial killer, but he said how it was was a Hannibal Lecter kind of interview. He asked him one question, Francois would ask him one question, so on and so forth back and forth, which would be creepy and fun as fuck to me. I don't know. I I tried getting Kendall Francois. I used to have a drawing from him that always interested me. It was this really pretty scenery with waterfall and flowers and stuff. And there there's like these little eyes of predatory creatures hidden throughout the drawing. It's really funky. But he, in his case is crazy. If you have not heard of Kendall Francois, look him up and read about his case. It's fucking pretty wild. Um, I, I used to try and get a hold of him. I think he wrote me back one time just to tell me that, hey, I'm not interested in courting pen pals and stuff right now. And uh, and that was that. So I had a female friend that I knew 
write him and he wrote her back and was like, Hey, what's up? Yeah, let's talk. So, uh, that worked like a charm. And I, that, and she ultimately sent me the letters and the drawings and stuff that he sent her. And I think at that time I was kind of telling her, Hey, ask him to talk to him about this. It was kind of me communicating with him by proxy through this other person. And he was just surreptitiously like unknowingly communicating with me through her. So, but I mean, that's how some of them are. They don't want to talk to guys or they don't want friends, but if it's a female or there's just something different there and they're more willing to open, I don't know. It's so weird. It's such a weird dynamic sometimes. It's funny too. Cause you wouldn't, you wouldn't think you would pick and choose when you were in prison, who to talk to when you were going to die in there, but some I know. Do have you, standards. Yeah. You think you can take whatever you can get, but it's not like that. Um, yeah, let's uh, let's wrap this up and get out of here. If people want to talk to us more about it, they're more than welcome to. Head over to patreon.com slash criminal perspective and subscribe to our classified episodes. For five bucks, you can subscribe to our true crime gallery. The classified episodes are $2.99. If you do subscribe to the true crime gallery, you will also get the, the classified episodes. So head over there and do that. Patreon.com slash criminal perspective. Andrew, any last words? Jesus fucking Christ. Let's get out of here. Aliens are real. Goodbye. Goodbye.